and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi there, I'm Katie. And hey there, I'm Brittany. And welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. You're listening to episode 33? 33! Yes! Yay! Yay! This is a good number. Three three is a good number. It's a lucky number. It is. And we've got a very atmospheric movie for you. Hell yeah, I love this movie. Which is how (laughs) soon it is, Brett. Yes, so we are doing... Uh, the two thousand it's a two thousand eight Swedish film. It is Let the Right One In. It is currently on Hulu. And guys, I literally love this movie. Like even just rewatching, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a good one. I like it. So <laughs> it um it's a movie that's been on my list for a very very long time, and I have never sat down and watched it because I needed the right attitude. I felt like to give it the respect that I thought it deserved because I've heard many good things about it. And it held up. I really, really liked it. And I thought it was really good and atmospheric. And I think it was perfect because the day I was watching it, it finally started to get cold in the South. And and by cold, I mean like 60 degrees. So really not that cold. But um, in the 50s. It was like in the 50s and I had to turn on my heated blanket and I was like laying in bed, like all snuggled up and watching this snowy movie. And I was just like, oh, this is like the perfect time. Um, and this movie is... Well, I don't think it's spoiling anything if we say it's a vampire movie. No, I don't I don't think that's necessarily a spoiler alert either. I think it's kind of shocking if you go into it blind to find out it's a vampire movie. But I think anyone who's probably any kind of familiar with this movie do, does know it's a vampire movie. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's very obvious, too, by the marketing. You know? And just mm-hmm. the title. Yes. Which reminds me, um, before we move further, I know you always like to talk about housekeeping, so I did yes. want to do a housekeeping moment. Uh, so I did say uh, last week this movie was uh, tiled after a Smith song. It's actually tiled after a Morsey song, which is, yes. uh, in my in my defense, Morsey is the lead singer of the Smiths, but the Smiths and Morsey, this is a Morsey solo act song called Let the Right One Slip In, mm-hmm. but legitimately um, it was uh, titled after that song, and yeah. I thought it was interesting because there's a short story collection mm-hmm. um, that's that's a sequel called "Let the Old Dreams Die," and the song actually is "Let the Right One In, Let the Old Dreams Die." So I didn't actually know about the "Let the Old Dreams Die" until I was researching. Yeah, I was um, listening to the song this morning because I wanted to hear it, and the the, mm-hmm. the first lyrics are "Let the Right One In, Let the Old Dreams Die, Let the Wrong Ones Go," which is like the theme of this movie, which it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I do like well we won't talk about the short story until the end because it wouldn't make yeah. any sense. But there is an exactly. epilogue short story. Um, also, one of the short stories in that collection, Border, was made into a movie last year, which I've heard a lot of great things about, but I haven't actually watched yet. Um, but it's much more of a fantasy piece, 
Um, but again, it's a short story turned into a movie, so probably very good. I've heard very good things about it. It's apparently was like a really weird movie, in a lot of people's opinion, but very good. So I, I look forward to watching that now that I've seen this movie. Although I don't know if he wrote the screenplay for Border, whereas the author of the original novel Let the Right One In, John Avida Lindquist, Lindquist, Quist, Quist, I have a really hard time saying that. Um, sounds like Michael Bloomquist from um, uh, uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Um, he wrote the screenplay for this movie which I thought was pretty cool. And he actually, like, you know, most people would be like, <laughs> Stephen King writing his own screenplay would not take anything out. Sorry, Stephen King. We just know you're very detail-oriented. Um, but he actually, like, trimmed the fat of the novel to make it much more of a character drama and much less of a vampire novel. Yeah. And you probably already know this, but um, I was reading about Tomas Alfredson, and I just... I never really, I, I've seen this movie, so this was probably the fourth time I've seen this film. And I actually had an even bigger appreciation watching it this time around, knowing these little tidbits here and there. So Tomas Alfredson, which I made, Alfredson? Alfredson, sorry. I had it pulled up and now I, the director. My, my tablet went dead. <laughs> I'm just like, I know yeah, I know Alfredson. the first name is Tomas. You're right, Alfredson. Alfredson. Thank yeah, you. you're good. It's like, it's like a struggle. Um. <laughs> But uh, he he's probably his the struggle Israel. Um, he also directed Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, so oh. that's probably t- this. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So because I was so, like, why don't I see more of this guy's stuff? Why don't I see more of this guy's stuff? But apparently, I have. Well, actually, I don't know if I've seen all yes. of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but I've seen parts of it, and it was good. What I saw. Yes, and that's I actually haven't seen that one, but actually I was like it was pleasantly I was I was pleasantly surprised because this being a Swedish film, I thought maybe there would be a lot of other Swedish films in his filmography that I wouldn't be familiar with. And when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, I actually do recognize multiple movies um under his filmography, which was really nice." Yes, unfortunately, I just looked him up and he also directed The Snowman, which was not a very good horror movie. <sighs> Oh my god, I wasn't even thinking about that one. I didn't wow. realize it was the same director. Which is so weird, because I did actually watch that movie, because I heard how bad it was, and I watched it. But it, I think I watched it after a couple of glasses of wine, because I wanted to laugh at it. And um, it's not good. Um, it's like, you can see there could be a good movie. But I heard what happened with that movie was the editing went bananas. And, like... Some, it was the editing. The editing just kind of ripped the movie apart, and I feel like there was a lot of studio interference, I want to say, I heard. I could be wrong, because it's been a couple years since that movie... Yeah, it's been a couple years since the movie was released, so I could be misremembering. But The Snowman, a couple years ago, was like infamously bad, because everyone was like, oh, it's this great director who did Let the Right One, and everyone was looking forward to it. And Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is a Gary Oldman movie, so like, oh, this is going to be great, because I believe... Who the lead character? The lead character of the snowman is um, Michael Michael Fassbender. I thought it was Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah, he's great, but the movie's not. Um, so it is about like a serial killer, which I love serial killer movies, um, but it's not. I don't love serial killer. You know, you all know we're all crime junkies at heart. Um, but. Um, <laughs> The, uh, yeah, so it's not very good. So, but I did hear that it was a studio-driven problem and not so much the director. I hope that's true. 
Um, cause I really like this director and I really yeah. think his visual style is beautiful. The snowman did look yes. cool. If that's any, yes. anything good. I thought, remember, I remember seeing the trailer for that one and being really excited about the trailer and then reading the reviews and I was like, oh, this probably isn't worth my time. It's a mess. It's like, not that yeah. it couldn't be good. It's just a mess. And I do think it's an editing problem. So, you know, I mean, we all have those issues. I I think the um, Langoliers miniseries is a train wreck, frankly. But I love Stephen King stories generally, so we all have problems, you know. Yeah, it's a and what's that's so crazy? Because what I love about this and reading about this was that um, he actually had no intention of like supposedly this was like hot shit when it came out in Sweden. It came out in two thousand four. The original novel did, and all these directors just wanted this so bad. And um, he had no interest in it. He's like, he didn't want to adapt a book that was never something on his radar. And someone gifted him the book, and he read it and just fell in love with it. And was like, I, I was bullied in school. And he just really automatically kind of connected with the character of Oscar. Um, and what I loved about this director, he's like, I don't love horror movies. So rather than get inspiration from other horror movies, which he didn't like, he decided he was going to get inspiration from other things. He got inspiration from music. He got mm-hmm. one of the things I thought was really cool. Um, this movie in the way it's lighted is very particularly inspired by Renaissance paintings. Oh, I can see that. And I never, yeah, I never would have guessed it until like there was a certain artist that they, I was reading an interview and he was like, yeah, I was very particularly inspired by this artist. And oh, I started looking it? at the paintings and it was, um, let me see if I can I pull it up real quick. I'm an art geek. It was, <laughs> yes, there's literally a picture and it was like this picture particularly, which was like, I think Alex the fifth as a child. Um, yeah. Or sorry. Hans, Hans Holbein, Hans Holbein. Oh, okay. H-A-H-A-N-S-H-O-L-B-E-I-N. And particularly, um, which you guys can't the see, younger? but this painting. Hans Holbein the yeah. Younger? Yes. And particularly this painting, Katie, which you can really, really oh. see. Also, he looks like he did Henry VIII. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool for someone to direct such a a very what i would consider a very modern classic horror film and to be mm-hmm. like yeah i don't like horror movies but you've made like one that is like <laughs> just right. like a fan- phenomenal movie also um, he and- did all the portraits of henry the eighth and his wives that's why his oh. stuff looks so familiar. he did the you know the big one of henry the eighth standing he did oh, he had a really really beautiful madonna portrait it's called darmstadt madonna it's really pretty he did that really famous uh, portrait of Sir Thomas I think it's Sir Thomas More. It looks like Sir Thomas More. Yes, the portrait of St. Thomas More that you always see. It, although it's called Sir Thomas More because obviously you can't be a saint if you're alive. So it was painted when he was still alive. Uh, and back to back to let the right one in. Sorry, we took yes. a detour no, um, yes. into Tudor history. <laughs> no, it is good. So yeah, um, but that's what I thought it was amazing that this director, um, I just loved, I loved that idea that it was like, most people are like, oh yeah, like me, I'm, I'm this way. I love scary movies. I've been raised on my whole life. And this guy's like, you know, I I don't really like scary movies, but I I love this book, felt something kin with this book. And I wanted to take on this project and this is what inspired me. So before, um, I didn't know this until this most recent time watching it, but that way they got that such that beautiful, perfect, gorgeous, 
ambient lighting was a lot of the sets did not have ceilings. Oh. At all. So they were able to cast certain lights down to get mm. those the lighting just the way they wanted it. The lighting's really cool in this movie. Like, the cinematography and the lighting is really cool. There's a lot of stark contrast. Of course, it takes place in Sweden in a suburb of Stockholm, and it's snowing. It's during winter. So, like, there's a lot of white and black. A lot of stuff, obviously, if it's a vampire movie, it takes place at night. Um, although there's, there's a lot of daytime scenes, too, in this movie, which I like that they don't stick to strictly like oh it's just gonna be dark the whole time um Mm -hmm. but i think like the movie opens with just like a black night and just snow raining down which is gorgeous Mm -hmm. honestly i mean we live in the south so we don't get to see snow very often but when i visit my relatives in up up in the north uh, above the mason dixon line um sometimes i'm lucky to be there for like when it's actually like snowing like i was actually in cincinnati a couple years ago when there was a blizzard and it wasn't a – we were stuck in my grandma's retirement home for, like, three days because we couldn't really go anywhere. But it was really pretty to see, like, the snow fall. And I went outside. It was, like, below zero. It was the first time I'd been below zero since I was, like, five. Um, but it was – it's gorgeous. I love snow. There's something just so beautiful about, like, a winter wonderland. And this movie, like – it also makes things pop more because it's just this yes. blank whiteness. So, like, when there's blood because it's a mm-hmm. vampire movie, it pops out a lot. Um it's also hard to hide your tracks as a vampire when there's snow everywhere um yeah i think of um two things about like because there's you know there's a couple scenes where someone almost gets caught doing something very bad and i was thinking of two things i was like one why didn't they think like the dalmatians in 101 dalmatians and like cover their tracks with a branch because I don't know if that I don't know why but the fact that the Dalmatians thought to cover their tracks with branches in the cartoon version of 101 Dalmatians always stuck in my brain Um, and also like Narnia I was like I mean even the beavers knew not to trust the trees like come on guys like cover your tracks the beavers knew yeah but and that's what yeah and you're just like wait what um yeah speaking and we'll get ready to touch base on that character um this was also the first time so i probably saw this movie for the first time when i was it came out in 2008 i will admit i didn't see it the year it came out i came i saw it like i think like maybe two years after it came out i want to say in 2010 it was on netflix and i remember my friend miranda was watching it when we went to san diego comic con so that was my first time well, seeing what? this movie yeah so it was really cool um but the older I get, I was like, he is such a dumbass. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I was a little bit like, you are a blundering fool. But I mean, it kind of adds to the humanity of the character, I guess. Yeah. Um, which again, I would guess- when we get spoilers, we'll talk more about that character. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot um, of stuff from the book that is a little yes. disturbing. Um, yes. But, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to say real quick another thing I didn't know until very recently. So um, it's usually very minute, but they do have red in almost every single yeah. frame of this film. I yeah. thought that was cool. I read that at, between my two viewings, and so it was mm-hmm. fun to like. Sometimes it's really subtle. Sometimes it's like a scarf, or like the Rubik's cube in the snow is red. It's very subtle, but there's always a little bit of red somewhere, and I think that's yeah. cool. But it's not um, like. It's not like an overly saturated red, like um, I love Suspiria, but like the original Suspiria, where it's just like everything's bright and colorful, and it's like paint. It's not like that yes. kind of obvious red. It's like very subtle. Um, 
What I also love about this movie, um, and so I, I, there's a, like there's two particular scenes I'll definitely reference, but um, it's really cool because I mean there's like one or two scenes you can tell there's CGI being used, cats. Yeah, I have um, that written down. <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, CGI was actually used throughout the entire movie. They even would do things like sh- change the shape of someone's eyes just to unsettle you. Hmm. Like, they would, like, make someone's eyes, like, just a little bit smaller, just so you would know something was a little off. Huh. Like, a character. That's like, very interesting. Like, I thought that was brilliant. And there was something, um, and I'm going to get into this because I'm so excited because I'm actually, if Katie doesn't know this, I'm going to send her a picture of it because I actually had to screenshot it and take pictures just to show the difference. But I was watching this movie, and it was really awesome because this was, like, the first time I ever watched the film that I was, like... I mean, I can read the subtitles, but I know everything that's going to happen in the movie. So I was really just looking at the characters. Mm-hmm. And there were things that I was like, what the fuck? I never noticed that, like, ever until this most recent viewing. Um, so I'm I'm excited to deep dive into okay, this Okay, I was one. like, we should yeah. go into spoilers first. Do you want to give a spoiler-free summary before we go to spoilers? Yes. I would love to do that. Okay. So, um, once again, we are talking about Let the Right One In. We are talking about the original movie. It is a Swedish movie. It came out in 2008. There is an American remake called Let Me In. Um, we will get into that later. Um, it's very decisive. There's some people that really, really liked it. Some people hated it. Um, me, as Brittany, I would definitely say, please, before you even think about letting me, watching Let Me In, please watch Let the Right Don't One In. Don't let it into your life until you've seen the other one. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So please, please watch this one. Do not let the subtitles deter you. It is an amazing movie. Um, yeah. Some of our favorite, I feel like, yeah. I feel like, okay, and this is the only other Swedish film I've really watched. I'm not counting Midsummer because that was definitely an American slash British film in Sweden. Um, mm-hmm. The only Swedish film series I've really watched is the original Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Love that series. It's fucking amazing. But, like, I feel like this movie... Uh, it's just really good, and I I want to watch more Swedish cinema. And it kind of I love Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that series, and not I, the David Fincher one is very good. I haven't seen Girl in the Spider's Web. Is that the, the newest yeah. one? I haven't seen that one yet, but I do think that um, the original uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, all three of them are very very good. Um, I think everyone should see them. But I think this movie might be a better introduction to Swedish film because those mm-hmm. movies are very long. They do not cut yeah. anything from the book. So, and they're and, not small books. And I would argue, too, that the girl with the dragon tattoo has some... Not saying this movie doesn't oh, have traumatic scenes, there's some but trauma. the girl with the... Yeah. There's some... It's bad. Legit, it's bad yeah. trauma. It's yeah. real bad trauma. Also, I hate the ending of the American remake. They changed something. I actually haven't seen the Fincher version. It's good. It's good. I ended up watching it. I didn't even realize David Fincher had directed it until I started watching it finally. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like David Fincher. All right. And it was really good. Um, but they change a plot point in the end. And it was, to me, very stupid um, to change it. And... <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Because, I mean, because I've seen the original Swedish ones. I made my ex-boyfriend watch them, too. So I've seen them several times. Um, I enjoy them a lot. I think the character of Elizabeth Salander. Yes, Salander. Michael Blumquist. I can't say it in Swedish. Sorry. I'm really bad at Swedish. Um, I think 
those characters are very interesting. I think the relationship is interesting. And I like that, like, okay, even though they do have a romantic relationship, um, they have external relationships when they're not together. And I like that it, like, it does, it's not just a love story. It's like a story and there's some romance in it. And those are the best kinds of stories. This is more of a romance. Yeah. But I think it's, I feel like it's a, it's a very innocent romance and it's, Mm-hmm. very interesting i do get the feels of um like first love first crush kind of th- stuff but like in a much more um uh, emotionally mature way yeah does that make like it's not just like stupid children like oh, i think brian is cute oh, i think sally's cute too it's like a like mutual respect and understanding and a very deep admiration for one another yet you're 12 so not saying it can't happen at 12 but very unlikely because 12 year olds are mostly now just interested in tiktok dances yeah <laughs> yeah are are they um are interested in trying to be grown-ups when they're 13 and 14 which is the experience i'm having with my 14 year old sister my 13 year old yeah, nephew we, but we that's talk about yeah we won't go we won't into that katie them. knows we won't, we won't katie knows directly, but but i will no. say strange children have come into my office and we have a lot of mirrors in my office and one of them was just doing tiktok dances and i was just like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like, that's my 10 year old nephew that's something my 10 year old nephew would do i know and it's like an eight year old <laughs> i was like why are you yeah. on tiktok i mean i'm on i finally got a tiktok you know although i will say most people liked when i was like guys i came out and got a tiktok and people were like cool anyways sorry you were doing your spoiler free summary no you're good oh no you're good you're good so um of course once again talking about let the right one in um real quick i just want to ask you katie um so listening i was trying to get the way they pronounced ellie would you say that they are saying ellie they said ellie Ely? They were saying Ely in the movie. They were. But I think Ellie is okay, too. Okay, perfect. So when Oscar, a bully, lonely young boy, meets his new neighbor, the mysterious Ely, they are instantly drawn to one another, beginning a new friendship with the hints of something more. However, as the small Swedish town they live in is overtaken with a horrific string of murders, Ely has to come clean with a dark secret. One that has been festering for years. And that's all you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do you recommend this movie, Britt? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> um, yeah. And I would say, and I haven't seen Let Me In yet, but um, I would say definitely see this one first. Um, although mm-hmm. they did get some good actors for Let Me In, like Chloe mm-hmm. Grace Moretz, who I'll forgive her for the Carrie remake because it's not really her fault that she's too pretty to play Carrie. Um, oh yeah, but I think she's she can she can do some quality work. Her the scene she has at the beginning of the Suspiria remake is so good, and I think she yeah. does such a good job in that movie. That and I I'm pretty sure she I haven't seen the new one, but I've heard it like her performance is very good. And then whoever they get to play her male companion, I can't remember that actor's name, but I saw a clip of it and I was like, oh, it's that guy. He's awesome. I can't remember his name. Well, Oscar, who played Oscar's counterpart, Owen, I believe is Cody Smith McPhee, who was in The Road. Um, so, I mean, that's also, I think even. He's, 
Nightcrawler in all the new X-Men movies, supposedly. Oh, really? And Nightcrawler is my favorite X-Men, and I had no idea, but I haven't seen the newest batch, so. Oh, Richard Jenkins. Okay. Which, um, he was in The Shape of Water. Oh, yes! He was her neighbor. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah! And he's the, he's the dad and stepbrothers. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember him now. He's, um... He's great. I love Richard Jenkins. I think he's fantastic. He's a character yeah. actor that you see in a lot of really good things. So they got quality actors in Let Me yes. In. The only thing that bothers me about the remake, without getting to spoilers, is they basically told them it wasn't going to be a remake, that they were going to have a different angle, but then they ended up using basically the same script. So, yeah. mm, you know. They tried to change. Dishonest. They tried. Uh, Illy's. Illy became Abby and let me in, and they tried to change her backstory in it, but then they cut out the whole backstory. Yeah. So, like, it was sad because Chloe, uh, Grace. Chloe Grace was was explaining in interviews. She was like, "Oh yeah, this is what happened to Abby," but then they cut these scenes. We filmed them, but they cut them. So, which is always frustrating whenever they have to yeah. cut things. It's like, I mean, especially now we <laughs> we have such a good time recording, and then like there's stuff that I'm like. I really like this, but it's too long. Like, our audition episode was, like, two hours long. Because there's so much to unpack in that movie. But I had to cut out a lot of, like, good banter. Because I was just like, well, gotta talk about the movie. Because that's what the people come to hear, I guess. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, highly recommended. Um, It is, is, I wouldn't say it's completely a slow burn. It's a bit of a slow burn, but there's certainly more interesting things in the beginning but it's very atmospheric and quiet Mm -hmm. until it's not there's some action not really action but there's some stuff that happens in this movie towards like the late middle end of it that is like like i did a double take a couple times i was like what the hell um yeah so and i like that because this was another one and i i know i've said this about foreign movies before I love that foreign movies don't rely on jump scares. Yes, there was That's something that kills me. Yeah, it wasn't. And a so this one scare. doesn't have it. No, mm-hmm. none that I saw. Yeah. So, anyways, I guess we're going to spoiler territory. Yes. Because um, I this movie. Yeah, I there's so much interesting stuff that you can talk about, but you have to spoil it. So please go watch this movie on Hulu. Before we spoil it. Yes. Exactly. Okay. What do you want to talk about first, Britt? You want to go into the plot, or you want to? Yeah, let's. Um, I I would love to do like a like a basic speed run through of the plot. Um, I I'm being very conscientious that you have an early morning, so I would love to like yeah, do a okay. speed run through, and then like maybe touch on some key things that like was cool or interesting. Um, but I'll kind of just start. So we have Oscar, and um. This is set in the early 80s. Um, as you already said, it's in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, it was th- where it takes place in the movie is Bla- Blackburg. Um, and that's where it takes place in the novel as well. Which is it was where the novelist was from. Mm-hmm. It's his hometown. Oh, that's awesome. And he. Oh, that's awesome. All the bullies in this movie are named after the bullies that bullied him as children. Oh, by wow. The way. <laughs> but he switched their names around. He's like, I mean, I switched their last names and their first names around. But he's like, but yeah, I basically gave them their comeuppance. Yeah. I was like, oh, That's shit. what happens. 
Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And I love that. No, you're good. You're good. I love that. It was also largely filmed in the same city. They weren't able to get everything in the city because they were they needed so much snow. Um, so they did have to film in a little in another little town in Sweden that I forgot to write down. And I apologize. But um, but anyway, Oscar um, lives with his mother. His parents are separated. Um, it's greatly implied throughout the movie his father's an alcoholic, but he does seem to have a good relationship with his mother. Um, but right off the bat, um. We sense there's something off with him. He's very obsessed with, like, serial killers and murderers. And uh, because he's bullied in yeah. high – but not high school. He's in middle school. He's 12. Um, because yeah. he's so bullied, though, um, he has, like, these revenge fantasies. And mm-hmm. we don't see him in his head, but we see him act them out. Like, he's, like, the first word of the movie, I think, is squill. Squill like a pig. Mm-hmm. And he's imagining stabbing his bully. So we have um, – Also, the school scene. Yes, you go on. Oh, so I there's also a school scene where I was just like, "Geez, that's me as a kid." Because uh, I don't know about you, Britt, but I got very interested in true crime very early. I think it was the O.J. Simpson trial. I um, secretly watched it when my parents didn't know I was watching it, um, and was very intrigued by what the hell happened. Why is this man? What's with the glove? What happened to these people? Um, but this kid's like, there's a police officer in their school, and he's like, "Hey." So, like, there are a lot of different ways to detect murder. Um, like, remember that arson? That was arson, and there was actually murder. Do you know how we knew the person was murdered? And the kid's just like, there was no smoke in the person's lungs. He's like, yeah, how'd you know that? He's like, I just read a lot of things. And I was like, yeah, yep, you're that kid. You're that kid that read all the true crime shit, and he has, like, this, like, notebook of true crime things. Just all creepy. Yeah. But, I mean, like... He's, you know, he's more of a crime junkie, crime enthusiast than, like, like, I don't think he really wants to murder people. He wants revenge. And that's yeah different. Still not great, but different. Yeah, and I would say the same thing because um, and one of the things I love about this movie, it's not like he's torturing animals or, you know, violently trying to stab real people or animals. It's like everything, he talks to himself in the mirror when he's talking about, like, thinking about his fantasy, his revenge fantasy, or he's, like, stabbing a tree. He's not seeking out animals or people to harm. He's just, these boys make his life a literal living hell. They are bitches. Um, I don't like them. They're assholes, and and already we establish he's a parent. He's a child of divorce, and even though his mom does her best, it's it's pretty much stated without stating it that she's a working mom. She's not always there right. at the house, and his dad's like a weekend dad. He and sees him he's on a weekends. Latchkey kid. I mean, he yeah. comes home, he lets himself in. She is concerned about him, but when you're a single parent, you only you have to go to work. You know, you, yeah, you, you don't have the luxury to stay at home. Not that staying at home with your kids is easy it's not being a stay-at-home parent is very difficult um but it is hard when you're trying to maneuver both being a working and raising a child they're both really really hard and trying to split yourself between them can be really difficult especially if you don't have a partner to support you like my parents my mom worked nights my dad worked days um and my mom worked part-time when we were kids so someone would be there but even some days they had to come pick us up late after school because they my mom's a nurse she couldn't always get away if somebody's dying on you you can't just be like sorry i gotta go pick up my kids someone else take care of you you know so uh you know it's and my parents again were pretty much there all the time but even they had times where like they just couldn't make it work right away so you know uh try being a single parent and yeah. that happening oh my god i don't even know i don't know how single parents do it honestly it's it's 
I have a lot of friends who are single parents because I don't know because our age or something. Um, but it's amazing how they make things work. Where I'm like, I don't think I could do that, but they do because that's what you do when you're a parent. But it's sad because like he's obviously very lonely and he doesn't have a lot of friends at school because he is bullied. And the sad thing is when you're when you are the subject of bullies, sometimes other people don't talk to you because they don't want to get brought into it which is understandable from a psychology standpoint and from like a survival standpoint but it can be very isolating to the person who is bullied Um, yeah and that's it's very hard um i luckily i mean i think we were both probably a little bullied growing up i'm sure um you don't become a halfway decent person without a little bit of bullying i hate to tell you but everyone gets bullied a little bit when they're younger um, I definitely did get bullied. Mine were kind of more psychological bullying than anything else. Um, but I was lucky to have friends that, like, stood up for me. Um, whereas other kids, like, probably didn't. Also, I went to a very small school, so I think it was maybe the mob mentality was down a little more. Like, it was more like, nah, Betty, you're a bitch and we're going to call you out for it. Um, now the teachers didn't really see it. The teachers let Betty get her name wasn't Betty, but they let Betty get away with whatever the fuck she wanted. Um, it's okay. Betty's kind of not happy, I don't think, in life. So you know that's what happens sometimes. Anyways, sorry. Bullying is a heavy, heavy, heavy theme in this um, movie, and as it was in the book. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like you. And what I love too is like with these child actors. Um, they search. I think it was like for months like for these year. kids. It was a year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. So it good. was like a year. So and good. what I love about like the child who plays Oscar, um, he, I, I mean this. Cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like so you can see why why this kid has like is probably bullied a little bit because God love him. Like he has a page boy haircut. It's like almost snow white blonde. Yeah. Um he dresses even Super for the eighties dresses a little weird. Um but it's also he the has 80s, su- though. <laughs> yeah. But he has such like this beautiful, angelic, sweet face mm-hmm. that you just feel for him. Every yeah. time you see that little face. Like it just it even now being older it kind of like breaks my heart, like seeing his face, because the actor, the little, the kid who plays him, who's now like twenty five years old, because this movie came out in two thousand eight, right. um, but he just has like the best facial acting, I and, think. Yeah, they did a really good job casting kids who seem to be children. Like they actually act like children. You just, it just seems like you're just happening upon a childhood friendship. And you know, um, you probably read this too, but he actually, the director did not give the kids screenplays. He told mm. them he wanted them to learn by by voice and by dialect. So he was like, this is your line. He he read them their lines because uh, he didn't want them to really have direction. He mm. read them their lines. He made sure what the choices he was making was okay with their parents. And then he was like, I want you to imagine someone's taking away your food and you're very, very hungry. And this is what you say. And that's how he got a lot of the acting from them oh, that's interesting that's a different yeah. approach but i kind of like it um i will mm-hmm. only feel bad for um the girl that plays um ely or ellie mm-hmm. um because she was dubbed over because they felt like her voice was too feminine and they wanted 
the character to sound more menacing, so they had a voice actress uh, dub over her, which um, with a much deeper voice. So I w- I would love to hear what it actually sounded like originally. Yeah. Um, but I think it it does. I noticed the voice didn't match the body from the first time she talked. I didn't even know about her being dubbed over, but I was just like, what? Whose voice is that? I was like, that sounds weird, but maybe it's just because she's talking in Swedish and I don't speak Swedish. And then I went and looked at the notes after I watched it. I was like, oh, okay. Because they had someone else dub over her voice, which is interesting, but I feel kind of bad. It's really interesting. Between, um, so in reading this most recent time and just, like sitting there and going wait one minute and really just taking this movie in i looked it up and they're over the course of the film including the 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 second voice actress who dubs her lines there's four different actresses who play illy in this movie hmm yeah which is really really cool but um that brings work the stunt work and then um there so because and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring I'm going to talk about this scene in a little bit. But um, I was looking because I was like, that is a completely different person. And I was watching um, the credits to see. I was like, okay, so there's Illy, Stunt Illy. There's Voice Illy. There's Illy as an actress. And then the word that popped up was, um, damn it, if I can find the word because I actually wrote it down. It was called like, Oh, oh, Aldrad, Aldrad, A-L-D-R-A-D, Aldrad Eli, Eli, which actually translates to old. Oh, I see, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, which was really, really cool. Oh. But that brings us to... Should we Go tell on. the actors' names, too? Lena Lee Anderson played Eli and... Mm-hmm. Carr, or Kara, Hedebrunt plays Oscar... <laughs> And yes, probably saying that wrong. His name is much more Swedish than her name is. Sorry, Sweden. Yes, but it's um, yeah, and that actually so Oscar life Oscar's life changes when um, a child his age moves next door to him, and he meets what he believes is a little girl, and she has like maybe what he believes is a father with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I, I love this moment ever since the first time I saw it. So he's out at night. He's pretending he has his little revenge fantasy. Um, he's stabbing a tree and then he hears someone talking to him. And there is this seemingly young girl and she jumps off this, um, jungle gym, but she almost looks like she's floating well, when she jumps. Yeah. Also, if you listen before mm-hmm. she talks, you can hear a window open and her like fly out of the window which oh, i thought wow. was cool because it's off screen so if you don't know like if you don't know she's a vampire you probably are like oh she's opening the door but it sounds much more like a window opening and someone like crawling down the wall um and you see her do that much later in the film so i was like oh shit she flew out the window and she's yeah. just kind of already on the jungle gym on the top and she just kind of like very gracefully almost floats down and it's like oh very otherworldly but i just love like i was like oh that's just like the addition to that and they did use for sound they use like natural sounds so they were trying like they had the voice actress when ely feeds on someone like uh 
chew sausages and watermelon and things like that. So, like, they tried to get organic sounds. So, I think that's why, like, the sound mixing is really good in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's very crisp. There's a lot. There's some noises that, like, I feel like we don't need to hear. Like, I can't remember which scene, but there was a scene, like, with the school children where it was, like, someone was scratching their leg. And I was like, I don't need to hear her scratch her leg. That was a little too much. But it, there's a lot of sound, and it's very crisp. It's very crisp and clean. Almost like snow, like crisp and clean and crunch, crunch. Anyway, yeah. which is a cool sound. If you've ever, like, just gone walking in the snow. The last time I went walking in the snow, like, I just took a video of me just, like, walking. Because, like, I just love the sound of, like, your boots crunching in the snow. It's just fun. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she kind of floats down to him. Yeah. You should, te- you should tell a little bit. Oh, okay. Um... So Ely floats down, and she immediately is like, we can't be friends. And he's like, I know. <laughs> okay. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, and, you know, he's like, oh, it's somebody else. And he, he hasn't seen her before. And he's like, where the hell are you living? She's like, next door to you. And he's like, first of all, I would have been like, how do you know where I live? That's kind of creepy. Um, but uh, is this the Rubik's Cube scene, or is that the next scene? It's the next scene, okay. I think. So, like, she just kind of says, like, we can't be friends. And he's just like, oh, okay, well, all right. I think she literally walks away. He's like, well, who said I wanted to be your friend? Yes, yes, that's like, what he says. Yeah. She's, like, she's like, okay. Um, and then, let's see, what happens next? Now I'm, like, blanking. Because, again, like, I had a weird work day, and usually I write everything down. I didn't really have time to. So I'm a little more of I feel like in. if we hit... I feel like if we hit, like, the key points, that's okay, too, if we don't yeah. hit everything. So I think the next time they see each other, um, oh, I know what's next. Hakan, or Hakan, mm-hmm. not really sure how we say him, the male companion to Ely, or Ellie. Um, so this is hinted at in the movie. I got the vibe, but it isn't expressly stated in the movie, but Hakan, um is posing as Ely's father figure. Um, you see him like rinsing out um, what looks like blood from a jug and he's got like a funnel and he's got uh, some like um, like a gas mask. Uh, <laughs> I think it was halothane and he's got um, a big knife and he's just putting it calmly into his backpack and you're like, okay, what the fuck's going on? Um, and he goes and he finds this guy in the woods and he's like, hey, dude, like, um, what's going on? And you have the time. And the guy's like, I don't have a watch. I'm like, and the moment the guy turns around and starts talking to him, he's like, don't get close to strangers. Just yell at them. I don't have a watch, dude. But he did. And he, um, gasses him, strings him up and starts draining him of blood in the funnel. But he does it in such like a flub, flubby way. And then somebody's, like, giant poodle comes out of nowhere. His name is Ricky. And I love yeah. it because the owner keeps going, Ricky, Ricky. And it's just like, oh, his name's Ricky. That's cute. That's um, my dad's name, too. So I'm always uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lucy? Ricky? What's up? Ricky. What, is, what if her other dog's name was Lucy? That'd be hilarious. Oh. Um, but so he runs away not get caught but he leaves all the blood there and you hear Evie yeah. like yell at him and she's like what the hell good are you for so you kind of find out Hakan very much cares about Ely will do anything for Ely um she, he's her human servant I guess slave yeah. if we want to call it but she does pay him in the book in the book she pays him 
with money, but also with sexual favors. Because Hakan in the book um, was a teacher who was caught with child pornography. So he's basically a pedophile. And... Oh, if if you book. think this is a good if you think this is a good idea, Katie, we could always kind of take a break and talk about like the differences in the movie, the book, and the American yeah, remake too. I think yeah, yeah, we should talk about that because I don't know as much about the American remake because I haven't seen it, but I read bits and pieces of the book and was like interested in how different the book was. So Hakan in the book, he is a pedophile, but he does apparently they do have a kind of you know. There's a limitation on, yeah. He, I don't think, ever actually molested a child. I don't think. I think it was more of a pornography thing, which is still awful. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not making it better. But he didn't actually, like, at least from what I read, um, didn't actually attack a child. And he does feel remorse and guilt for what he's done. And in his mind, it's okay for him to be romantically attracted to Ely because she's not actually a child. She's 300 years old or thereabouts. So, to him, um, she's this androgynous child, and it's okay for him to have feelings for her. It's, like, safe. And if you notice, he avoids killing super young children. He'll kill teenagers and adults, but he stays away from actual children because he likes children, and according to the director and the writer, but for the wrong reasons. Like, it's, it's very interesting, and... I guess, should we... I don't know. Should we say the other thing that is in the book but is not really mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so the other thing in the book that is... It's hinted at in the movie. But I think, rightly so, both movies kind of avoid it about, like, getting too specific. Um, Ely uh, says to Oscar a couple times, I'm not a girl. And, you know, you can take that as, in the movie, oh, because she's a vampire. So she's trying to, like, tell him, oh, I'm, I'm not a girl. I'm a vampire. The reason we keep saying she, by the way. Oh, yeah, um, say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's also, no, 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 no. I'll let Katie say it, but it's because um, it's an actress that plays her in the movie and because she passes as a girl. Um, yes. Which say, is why we, yeah, we say she. In the book, they say she and her. Mm-hmm. They use she, her pronouns until... She comes clean to Oscar and lets Oscar... I mean, she just says, hi. So, when I was human, I was a boy. And, you know, prepubescent, so hadn't hit puberty yet. And I was castrated. And then turned into a vampire. So, she doesn't have genitalia at all. Or he doesn't. So, then the book, they switch pronouns between Oscar and Ely. When they refer to Ely, then they switch to he, him pronouns. But in the movie, they never change pronouns. But it's it's interesting because I, I listened to a couple people's viewpoints of this because I was curious too. I was like, so is it like, is she trans? Is she or he transgender? I don't know what because they change pronouns. I'm gonna say she just because you know. And all the the director and the writer always refer to her as a she because yeah. she does. Um, present as female yeah. um so you know and again it's a child i think i think until you hit puberty gender is very non-specific as a child in my so, personal opinion and what yeah. i thought i thought was really really okay so like katie kind of said in the book um so basically 
Eli, um, or Elias is kidnapped, but yes. they refer to him as the man in the wig. He's actually a vampire nobleman. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe he was used, uh, KD probably know who exactly I'm talking about. There was a, um, there was a nobleman in like the 16th century that would like abuse and torture children. I think the vampire character. Impaler or no. Elizabeth of Bathory? Neither one of those. One. There was oh. another one. What? Yeah. Okay, yeah, why not? but I think he's loosely based on him. But my understanding is that basically of all these women and children that were kidnapped, Illy was picked out because uh, he was the most beautiful. And so the nobleman in a in a ritual cut off his genitals and ate them and then turned him into a That's vampire. Gross. Yeah. So, I mean. Which and- is just like what happened to um, our favorite bald man in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Oh, Varys. I actually thought about Varys a yeah. little bit when I was thinking Although, about that. Okay, so we're going to talk about a scene that I did a double take, and I was like, I'm sorry, why is this in this movie? This is the only... One of the biggest problems I have with this movie is there's a scene where Ely is getting dressed because mm-hmm. she um, came into somebody's house. Anyway, she's getting dressed, and, you know, Oscar's curious because he's 12, and he likes Ely, and he kind of peeks at her getting changed. Pretty innocently, though. Just, like, a little peek. Um, but for some reason, she's not wearing underwear. Um, and there's just... It was... By the way, it was a model. It was a mannequin, by the way. Mm-hmm. I had to read. I had to make sure that this wasn't child pornography that we were watching. It's not. Um, it was just a mannequin. But, like, the... It's weird, because there's just, like, a scar where, like... She looks like a girl. There's just, like, no nothing there, basically. Yeah. So I was, like, confused. I was like, I guess you don't have to urinate if you're a vampire. But is that what cast... Because I think castration, personally, taking... Removing balls. Because that's what they do to, like, bulls. Like, they just remove y- your testicles so you don't have sexual urges. Or, like, dogs. They just remove your testicles. You still have you know your penis so for to me i was like expecting like oh okay so just i mean i don't want to see the child's i don't want to see it so i thought it was weird that they showed it but it's just like a slash and i was just kind of like is that what they used to do in the middle ages they just like cut everything off like that seems torturous yeah like and i think that's exactly what it was yeah i think that's what it was they cut everything off and i did not research it because yeah because, I didn't research it either, but just from reading about medieval, like, um, things, I feel like, yeah, it was everything. Well, because I thought with castrados, because really the only time I've ever really researched human castration, like, that kind of castration, like, middle age, is castrados, because I found it very weird in music class when they're like, yeah, so the reason the choir was fully male was because they had castrados who had been castrated, and so they're, uh, they're they never had puberty so they just could sing really high and i was like what the fuck i thought they would still leave your penis i mean i'm just saying the shaft part like that just seems unnecessarily cruel it's like female castration like female castration is like the most disgusting thing i've ever heard of because they just they just take your clitoris like this fucked up it's fucked up like oh sorry you can't have fun i mean i guess you could still have fun having sex but that takes all the joy out of it Personally. Oh, so I actually had to look this up. I'm glad uh, you did, how d- I don't want to be on a yeah. list. 
how did men pee when they were castrated is what I put. It said when the penis was removed, nails were inserted into the urethra to avoid strictures, and such men were said to urinate while sitting or squatting. So you wouldn't be able nails? to pee. Nails were inserted nails? into yes, nails like nails like N A I L S. Yeah. Oh, yes. And castration now, I'm sure it's ended. Well, except in very terrible parts of the of society. Yeah, so um, they say a lot of times that penises were removed too. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, because I and the way I kind of my idea of the novel was it was a sexual perversion that the man in the wig the wig had. Um, but going into this, um, so believe it or not, they actually had planned to film the castration scene. So that's why the scene with Illy is shown. Um, they had planned to film the scene. And thank God for this director because, so, what his stunt people, his uh, special effects people were told, they were like, because he was going to do a close-up shot of the actual castration. Yes, yes, this was a thing. And um, they're like, if you do it that close-up, if we do rubber, it's, people are going to know it's fake. So they actually had gotten a pig that they were going to have a butcher kill on set and they were going to castrate the pig on film. Do and he's like, genitals look like human genitals? I guess maybe at like that I close mean, of hearts a, are close to like I guess hearts. at that close of what the angle they're playing the film at, but he said he took one look at that pig and his sad eyes and he was like I know if I killed him it would be karma and he's like I could not kill him so he said I I wasn't gonna film the scene yeah um, that's unnecessary the, like yeah exactly and I would have probably been furious I pro if I had saw this movie saw that scene and looked it up and read that I honestly probably wouldn't watch this movie again. I know yeah, the type of person I am. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, I just feel like it was unnecessary to even show the getting dressed scene. It, yeah. I, I was pretty, I was cool with them hinting at Hakan being a pedophile. I was like, explains why he would be so, you know, willing to help her. Like, because in the book, he's like an alcoholic living on the streets and she kind of rescues him. Um, from that fate so like to me i'm like i can understand that part but like i prefer them to hint at it rather than just being like hey he's a pedophile because i think it makes it more ambiguous Mm -hmm. and you're not sure there's a couple things where he's like just promise me you don't touch that boy or see that boy again like he in the american version i think from what i've heard they they show that he met her as a child yes whereas he meets her as an adult in the yes. book and the Swedish movie. So in the movie in the American movie it's more like he thinks he's gonna be replaced by yeah. Oscar. But in the in the movie, in the book, I find it a much better dynamic because okay, I mean have you seen Interview with the Vampire? Oh of course. Okay. I wa- waited a very long time to watch that and finally did and I was like, eh. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan if I'm gonna be honest. But it's interesting. It's an interesting movie, um, and uh, Kirsten Dunst's character has a very interesting arc where she is turned as a child mm-hmm. um, into a vampire, and in their version of vampires, it's pretty traditional like this book, like they can't go in if you're not invited, they can't see sunlight, all those things, check all the vampire boxes, but no sparkly vampires, because this book was published, by the way, a year before twilight was which i think stephanie myers 
either it was a weird tableau rasa kind of thing or she stole a line because there's a very similar line in both of the books that I was like, oh, I'm getting Twilight vibes, but this movie came first and the book. Anyways, um, so what was I saying? So Kirsten Dunst's character, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the character's name. Claudia. Claudia, thank you. I knew it was something very, like, fancy, um, but yet American. Um, and one of my favorite um, Babysitter's Club characters, Claudia was cool. Um, anyways, Claudia is turned as a child, but she mentally matures as an adult. Mm-hmm. And she, I think in the books, has a love affair with one or both of the main characters. But in the movie, it's more hinted at. Yeah, Louis, Louis and her have, I don't think it's ever explicitly, like, ro- sexual romantic. But it's definitely, like, alluded that they're, it's like, they start to view each other more as a spouses would than, like, yes. a father-daughter. So, right. and, and she's five. Weird. And she's when she's turned in the books. Yeah, yeah, and I think the actual, I think Kirsten Dunst, when they did in a movie, she's probably like 12, 10? Yeah, 10 I think 12? she was probably like 10 or 12. Brad yeah. Pitt was actually her first kiss, though. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that interview. It's. I also mm-hmm. really liked the movie Little Women growing up, so I wanted to see Interview with the Vampire because Kirsten Dunst had mentioned it in an interview, but I was like, oh, I don't really think I should see that. And so I didn't watch it until I was an adult. Um. But yeah, so she's kind of driven mad by the fact that she mentally is an adult, but physically is a child, and she never got to hit puberty. She never got boobs. You know, she feels very empty inside, and it drives her fucking insane. And um, on the flip side, Ely, in this version of Vampires, she mentally retains being a 12-year-old. Even though she's an old soul, she's never kind of her brain's never developed further than being 12. So at first I was very much like, I don't think I like this 300 year old vampire getting it on with this 12 year old kid. But then like the more you watch the movie, the more you realize one, she never got to hit she or he would. I I feel weird. I feel weird choosing a pronoun because like, I know, I know the truth of the book, but then also like, the director and the writer all refer to her as a she. So yeah, again, so she, so she, um, never got to hit puberty because she was castrated before she could hit sexual maturity. Neither has Oscar because he's 12. Um, they both are mentally 12. I think she sees in him something that Hakan can never do for her because he reached sexual maturity and he desires her sexually, and she doesn't want to be desired sexually. Like, it's a very chaste relationship they have, her and Oscar. I can't, I mean, I feel like, especially this most recent time watching it, um, there's some things that make me wonder, um, and this is not, I, I have, I actually own the book, um, have not Ooh. read it. Yeah, I, I haven't I read it, but I did it on Audible. It. I was pissed. I was going to listen to it. I, I literally, um, I found it at Second Charles used like, Aww. a couple years ago. Yeah, so I, I, it's one of my, I need to keep reading, and I keep putting it off, but now I'm definitely going to read it. Um, in the context of the movie, though, there's a few lines that Illy says that makes me wonder if, she, during her 300 years, if she has been sexually abused. Because um, one of the things is, is when she gets into bed, with Oscar and they're t- and he asks her if she wants to go steady. She does mention she's like, 
do does anything changes like do yeah. i have to yeah and like i feel like she doesn't feel comfortable with sex and that's not something oscar has in the duration of the movie it's the like oscar is looking for companionship yeah. he's looking for a friend and to him a friend and a girlfriend is synonymous um and i think that's perfect it's literally yeah letting the right one in could be re- Referring to Oscar letting Illy in as a vampire, but it's also Oscar letting Illy in. Illy, Illy letting, letting Oscar. Oscar in. Also letting the yeah. wrong one out. Yeah. Which is the third lyric of that mm-hmm. song in letting Hakan or Hakan. I heard Hakan and Hakan, so I'm not really sure you say his name. Um, but he's the wrong one. And he does, like, give his life for Illy, which I guess is nice. But at the same time, it's like, and you're a child. Oh, we'll just say pedophile because I don't think he. But okay, in the book, he has traded sexual favors with her, and in fact, the la- when he gets caught eventually, um, trying to murder someone for Ely, um, she he makes her promise that she he will she will let him touch her sexually that he she will spend the night with him and he gets to touch her only beforehand so it's kind of good that he dies uh because like ew like ew and it's just like any any kind of leverage but i mean it is like ely doesn't like killing people and i think that's the interesting thing is she tells oscar you're like me but you're worse than me because you want to kill people i don't want to i have to kill people but she's like still you need to stand up for yourself and be like me just for a little while stand up for yourself hit back harder than you ever have and you know those bullies won't bother you as much so i think that's an interesting morality because like she doesn't want to kill people but she has to it's not her fault yeah like, and I why was... didn't she go to a blood bank that's my always my question with vampire movies go to the blood bank does it have to be from a human i don't think so it may have to be fresh though what would it be i think if I you can know. transfuse into another person um and I think about the like the first scene because after what you're talking about, so after Hawkins, dumbass, uh, sorry Hawkins, but it's true. Uh, after he fumbles and kills kills a guy in vain because he doesn't even get the blood. I know She's, he leaves yeah. it at the scene of the crime, you dumbass. Exactly, it's just like and you killed this guy for nothing. Good job. Um, but she's so hungry that, and it's really really sweet because you got um. And I wrote everyone's names down just to remember um, everybody. But you got, um, as I just went, I wrote everyone's name down. And then just Virginia completely Virginia is one of them. Virginia yes. is one person. So Jock. So Jock and Locky are best buddies. They're like drinking buddies. And, of course, Virginia is Locky's girlfriend. Jock is like his best buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, Jock and, um, they, and they show them. And it's kind of cool how they interwoven all these little characters in this small, small Swedish town together. Because they actually see Hawkins. They try to get him to, like, come over and drink and hang out with him. And Hawkins like, nope. Only Gotta Illy, go. basically. Yeah. Um, but Jock leaves. And he is attacked and killed by Illy. And then... Um, Gosta, who is, like, their mutual friend who has a shit ton of cats. Like, so, that makes me look like, like a normal cat I was lady. gonna say, yeah. no, your house doesn't look like his house. Your yeah, house exactly. Like, oh, like, you're so, when you go over to Britt's house, her house is so, like, impeccably clean that, like, you're just surprised that five animals live there. You're just like, oh, there's a cat. There's another cat. Oh, it's a third <laughs> cat. Okay, cool. It's a cat party. Um, 
And even my allergies didn't even bother me at your house. I couldn't take yes. my allergy medicine. Well, I could have, but I was having wine. And it's sometimes it's really weird. I was going to drive myself home. Don't worry. I, I very much was sober. I waited many hours before I drove home. But I don't really want to mix sleepy uh, allergy medicine and wine because I might pass out and that would be embarrassing. Or, you know, I might fall asleep at the wheel and that would be dangerous. So I didn't take my allergy medicine and I wasn't even sick at her, your house. So your house is impeccably clean. This guy looks like flipping. His house reminded me of that. Oh, what was that fucking lady's name from Harry Potter? Oh, I hate her. Umbridge? Umbridge. Yeah. Looked like her office, but then there's cats everywhere. Yeah. And um, it's too many cats. But he sees he sees the murder, which was yeah. a cool scene because you see yeah. it in shadow. There's not a ton of detail, but I thought it was very interesting. I like that scene because you do see, like, Illy show remorse because she kills him, she drinks him, and then so he doesn't turn into a vampire, she snaps his neck so he yeah. dies. And then she she puts her head in her hands and kind of like we don't see her cry, but you definitely feel bad for her. You feel like it's it, at that point it's a necessity for yes. her. Yes. So it's just like if you had to shoot a deer to survive. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So um, but their friend Gosta, who's the crazy cat man, as we'll call him, because right they assist too. Um, he goes back to the bar and he's like a. Uh, Basically, he's like, Jock was killed by a kid. And they're like, what the hell were you talking about? We never see you. And they mm-hmm. go, and sure enough, there they find blood in the snow. Jock's body is gone, but they find blood in the snow. And then Hawken, of course, is like, Illy probably goes back. Up. Yeah, he's probably like, uh, Illy's like, hey, so sorry what I said earlier. I killed a guy. Can you get rid of the body? Um, because next thing we see is Hawken dragging him from the woods. He puts him in an ice pond. Which, so. is she not? Because isn't she super strong? I had the I had the thought she was too. Or is it just in case she gets caught? Yeah, maybe in case she gets caught, maybe she's just using him. Like, yeah. Because so. again, I don't think she really likes him because he did, he, he is a pedophile. I don't think she really yeah. likes him very much. Um, but she'll use him. Yeah. Exactly, but we um, we have another scene. I think after this, where uh, Oscar and Illy are together again, and that's where she used to, like you know she tells him she's like you're gonna have to hit harder, and so they go. Um, I may be cutting some things out here. I think we do have a scene where they're hanging out. Oscar's like, here's some candy, and she's just like, I can't eat it, and he looks so sad, and he's she's like, okay, she's like, I'll, I'll eat. I'll try it. Yeah, and she just starts vomiting all over the building. <laughs> that like, is so funny. But not yeah. vomiting blood, which I was surprised at. I thought she mm-hmm. would vomit blood because that's all she eats. But, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and also, like, there's her. a cute scene with a Rubik's Cube where, like, he's trying to figure it out. And then he gives it to her. He's like, but you can only have it for a couple days. And then she, like, leaves it for him and it's all all figured out. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, why can't I want to share a Rubik's Cube with a boy? <laughs> I'm I know. about Rubik's Cubes. I get very frustrated very quickly. And I'm just like, eh. Aww. Yeah, it's very cute. They're very cute, but they're also, like, becoming friends. There's a couple scenes with his dad, too, which is, it's nice that his dad does care about him, but the first visit with his dad is very normal, and you're like, oh, I wonder why, like, he doesn't live with his dad. That's sad. But then the second time he visits his dad, there's, like, this other, I couldn't figure out if it was just a friend or, like, a friend. Yeah, I felt like it was implied that it may have been something more. Yeah, but or I, is it just his drinking buddy and he's annoyed that yeah. he's seeing 
the, his kids here, so he can't hang out. But it kind of seemed like maybe they were romantically involved. I thought that too, but I couldn't find any text to support yeah. that. Exactly. I got vibes though. I was like, "What's going on? I feel some sexual tension here." What's I thought happening? that too. Yeah, I thought that too, and that so. I was like, that would make sense too if maybe that was a reason that the parents were divorced. But yeah, but they seem to mostly just harp on the fact that he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's vaguely implied. I didn't yeah. really get the... I was expecting him to, like, get drunk and, like, hit Oscar or something. But he was pretty normal. He just lives in the woods, which, I mean, we grew up in the South, so there's a lot exactly. of people like to live in the woods. Good people like to live in the woods. Also bad people. You never know. Sometimes your uncle has a hunting cabin, and you're just like, okay, yep. this is fun. Um, yes, so Hakan buries the body in water and it's gonna freeze over but he doesn't do a very good job of course because he's his bodies float yeah exactly so next thing we know we got this field trip and um uh oscar's little band of bullies and connie being the lead one they're threatening him honey is the stupidest name i've ever heard yeah it sounds like i thought it was like a weird one too but he kind of threatens Oscar, and Oscar is like, hey, you come any closer, I'm going to hit you um, with this stick. And Connie comes closer, and he fucking whacks him upside the face with the stick. And I'm like, I don't I don't condone violence, but that kid had it coming. Like, I was like, that kid's an asshole. And then he went down like a bitch. Like He did. You just hear him, like, scream, like, eh. I mean, he did get hurt pretty yeah. badly. There was a lot of blood. Yeah. But... Like, he just screams like a little bitch. And, like, I'm, and the thing is, like, Oscar, I don't think, thought that was what was going to happen. Yeah, like, I don't think so he was going to get hurt, but he was like, oh, shit. But he's also, like, that's all he did. And he's just, like, standing there, and, of course, he gets in trouble. But the mom is kind of like, what the fuck happened? Not- Oscar is so tough, too, because there's a scene earlier in the movie where they literally whip him on his legs. And then, like, to add insult yes. to injury, they whip him across the face and he carries that scar across his face the rest yes. of the film and he yeah. just tells his mom like oh i fell but then he yeah. tells ely what actually happened to know that you know they confided in each other which i was like oh that's cute yeah. um yes it's very interesting but um, they do it's i love that moment where it's juxtaposition though that everyone starts screaming and you think it's because oscar has hit cunny <laughs> and yeah i love that moment and it's well, like it's what actually <laughs> It's like, there's the body in the ice, and there's two little boys that found it, and you're like, oh, look, the six-year-olds found the body. Great. So. It's it's great, because, yeah, because you're distracted by one scream, and then you go back, and there's two more screams, and then they just, they just, um, take Jocka's, um, body out with a chainsaw, just like, I thought it was weird that they were just, like, hauling it out, and it's just like a body frozen in ice, but no tent around it or anything. It's like, like this is okay. not the first time we've done this in Sweden. Like. Apparently not. Because, <laughs> uh, well, maybe people just freeze to death in Sweden because it is pretty cold in the winter. But yeah. I was also getting, like, did you ever watch Erased yet? No, I haven't yet. I was getting some vibes of Erased because it's very reminiscent because they're, like, 12 and 13, 10, 10, 11, I think, is the, most of the characters' ages. Um. But it takes place during the winter time, and so there's like there's like ice skating and things. It's, it, like I was getting some visual vibes, but I do think a race was written after this, so maybe it was an inspiration. I'm not sure. Um, 
but that's again Katie's favorite anime is Erased and if anyone wants to get that for her for her birthday the original manga because I can only find volume three at Second and Charles and I want all three volumes um it's a great if you haven't seen Erased yet it's on Netflix the the anime is now on Netflix and it's on Hulu so dubbed and subbed I prefer the dubbed for the cartoon but I tried to watch the live action as dubbed and it looked really stupid so Mm. don't do that (laughs) um let's see so yeah so they find the body and then okay so then Hakan or Hakan uh tries to kill another another person for Ely and he fucks it up and it's a kid with friends because you don't kill people with friends duh and his friends and he um so as to not raise suspicion for Ely, he, uh, before he gets caught, splashes his face with hydrochloric acid, and it uh, turns him into Two-Face. Yep. And so he's not recognizable, so no one will know, you know, who he is. And there is a very sad scene where he, um, Ely comes to see him in the hospital, and... He basically takes out his breathing tube and offers her him. I love and that scene too because she knocks on the window and was like, and she points, in. yeah, like let me in, and he tells her like I can't verbalize that because he can't talk. And I was mm-hmm. like, it was such a like n- neat little moment. Mm-hmm. And I like that he takes out his own trachea tube. Yeah, because um, he's just like, I'm ready to die. And mm-hmm. so she drains him, but then she, he also falls to his death. So she doesn't, I think in the book, she actually kills him afterward. Oh no, no. In the book, she is interrupted and she can't kill him. And then apparently if you get turned into a vampire, but you, then you like die, die. If you die, die and wake up as a vampire, like if your neck isn't broken, you're not completely unable to come back. You're like a zombie vampire. Like all you yeah. want to do is drink blood. Whereas, like, Ely still retains her conscience and her memories and things like that. Um, and she's forced to feed on another person, because now she doesn't have Hacken. Um, Virginia, who's the girlfriend of Wacky. I was about to say real quick, it's highly disturbing, but Zombie Hawken also has a boner the entire time. Ew. Yeah, because he's consumed by Ely. He's wanting to find Ily. Like that's it's like he's a zombie and that's his one thing on his mind is her, it's her essentially trying to find him. Um, I actually yeah. heard a lot of fans who love the novel actually were wanting Zombie Hawkins because it's literally the the way he was described was so terrifying that they were like, oh man, that would have been a really good scare moment. But yeah. once again, adaptiveness that was just something that they were like. We we love that in the novel, but we didn't need it in the film. And I would agree with that myself. It's a little um, Lady Stoneheart, who mm-hmm. I'm just absolutely devastated is not in the Game of Thrones television series. Mm-hmm. But it would have been a little distracting. Yeah, um, exactly. So maybe a little, but you know, we already have White Walkers. Why didn't we have Lady Stoneheart? Mm-hmm. Anyways, she, I'm really upset that she's not. <laughs> also, Catelyn just is one of my favorite characters. I probably her and Arya <clears throat> oh god my voice. Her and Arya are probably like the two characters I relate to the most. So um maybe Sansa. Maybe a little Sansa but hopefully not too much Sansa because she annoyed the shit out of me in the beginning but then I really liked her in the end. Um 
especially sad. But yeah, I I think that could have been really cool though. It yeah. could have been, but I think maybe if they did that, it would have been more like maybe do it like for one day and then she has to kill him later. But eh, I think it's just too much. The movie's already like it's not crazy long, but it's long but it's enough. A, it's it, around yeah. like fifty minutes. Yeah, you, you gotta trim the fat. Um. But so, you're talking about Virginia. I'm yes, sorry. So she, no, 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 you're good. I think it was good to point that out because I had forgotten about that part. Um, so she has to feed on Virginia, who's walking home with Lackey, who um, is Jock's friend, who's very suspicious of what happened to Jock. And they've kind of been talking like, what about that little girl and the weird dad? Like, what happened? What's going on with them? Maybe they're the ones who are the serial killers. Because Ghosta said, oh, it was a kid that attacked him. Or, like, a small person. I don't know if he says child, but he says, like, it was, like, child-sized person. So, they're kind of suspicious anyways, and they're walking home from the bar, and they kind of get into a fight, and she goes in front of him, which is why, ladies, even if you're really mad at your boyfriend or your friends or whatever, never storm off alone. Yeah, well, he walk was an asshole. First and then lock yep. him out. So, what it was is that they're in the, and I'm so sorry, uh, so they're, the reason I want to point that out is because I feel so bad for her. It's that they were in Gusto's apartment, and he's like, "Now that, now that Jock is dead, I have nothing." And his girlfriend's right there, and she's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're yeah. so cold." And that's what like she's just like she just leaves, and who can blame her? Because I mean, if Taylor, yeah, I don't was... blame her, but yeah. never, never storm out into the night, ladies. Always storm with your spouse or significant other. And then lock them out of the house and let them be outside by themselves. <laughs> so that oh. gives... Well, go ahead. No, I was about to say, so leading up to this scene, because it's juxtaposition, I know what you're about mm-hmm. to say happens to Virginia. So um, this scene is actually juxtaposition with the scene that Oscar, because God bless him, he's kind of a fucking idiot too. We love him. He's just a kid. But he decides, like, he's going to take Ellie to this romantic place that the older kids go to, and he's going to cut his hand and make a blood pack with her. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. And she, so th- this was, like, one of the first scenes that where I realized that, like, they had a different actress playing her. Because um, it's really jarring when you're watching it because he 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 cuts his hand deeply. He holds it out to her and he's like, let's make a blood pack. And you hear this, like, animalistic, like, almost cheetah mm-hmm. growling. And she just gets on the floor and starts looking it up. And she looks up. And it's that moment you're like, this isn't this isn't the same actress playing Illy. It's someone different completely. And it's jarring. But then they well, cut to... vampire form, too. Yeah. It's her vampire form. But then they cut back to the actress that plays her. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's kind of a little bit of a mind fuck when you're watching mm-hmm. it. Because you, you, it's a split second tonal shift. And then yeah. she runs out, which leads to Virginia. And I'll let you say what happens so to Virginia. So she's already got the bloodlust, but she doesn't mm-hmm. want to hurt Ely. So yeah. she sees Virginia alone, walking in the street, and she attacks her. But then Lackey comes up to her and interrupts her. And so she's not able to kill Virginia. So Virginia survives and gets turned into a vampire. But she's like Ely. She still has all of her conscience and um, her memories. And she... Um, is really confused as to why the sunlight hurts her, and she goes over to Augusta's house, and I keep wanting to say, like, Augustus, like, Augustus Gloop. So, she, he's, uh, lackeys at his house, and she comes up there, and she's, like, acting really weird, and he's like, what is wrong? I've been looking for you everywhere. Um, and she's kind of been hiding out, and all of the cats start attacking her, and this is, like, the only, like, really bad CGI scene. I yeah. Feel like that, and, like, the, when the egg falls apart, 
Yeah. When, like, she's got this Fabergé egg. Ailey's got this Fabergé egg. And um, it kind of falls apart. And I was like, that was computer generated. You can tell. But again, this was 2008. So this is 12 years ago. So we're not going to judge them too harshly. Um, but the cats, I'm thankful no cats were harmed during the making of this movie. But they're like, have you guys seen the movie Catwoman? It's really bad. It was kind yeah. of like the scene where all the cats converge onto Halle Berry and breathe into her mouth. It's almost that bad. Um, but you know, they, they cut away enough that it's not too obvious. It's not too silly. Um, but I thought it was good because they kind of foreshadowed that because there was a cat in a window of a store and Ely like, specifically stays out of the store while... Well, maybe because she wasn't invited in, but she also stays out of the store to kind of avoid the cat. Um, yeah. Because... And I- and I love there was two scenes right before two that I didn't notice until this most recent watch. So Virginia, like Katie says, um, she rolls over in bed and the sunlight is streaming through her window just a little bit and it burns her hand. But then she gets up and she's looking at herself in the mirror and she pulls off the bandage where she was bitten. And she smells the blood on the bandage and literally licks mm-hmm. her lips. And she's like, what the fuck? And then when she goes over to Ghost's house, she stands in the doorway and he's like, What's the matter? Come in. And then she's able to cross in. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. They do a really good job setting all that up. And yeah. then, and so she, so they take her to the hospital because they're like, oh, God, she's having an episode. What the fuck's wrong? Yeah. And it's really sad because, like, it is. So Lackey's finally, like, wanting to commit to her. And he's like, I'm going to sell my father's stamp collection. I'm going to make so much money. We're going to buy a house in the country. It's going to be so great. She's like, I don't want to live because she doesn't want kill people and she just can't live with that i think she's actually a single parent too she's like divorced and single parent and maybe she's not a parent but i know she's like a divorcee in the book they don't really specify that in the movie um but she's she they're older it's an older couple they're like in their probably early 30s or late 30s early 40s mm-hmm. um and she's like i don't want to live he's like don't be crazy so then like the next morning the orderly comes in and she's like hey, you think she's going to attack him, but instead he, like, unlocks her wrist to take a blood sample. And she's like, hey, do you mind opening up the blinds? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And um, this scene I've actually seen before in, like, a scary movie moments clip show, but it's never been referenced. The one I watched never referenced what movie it came from. So I was always like, what is this scene? She just bursts into flames. Yeah. Like, it is. It th- This scene, I was like, what the fuck? fuck it's so scary um but also just like like they show it like you hear her scream and then like they just the camera goes back and she just like the flames are like licking the ceiling it's it's an amazing special effect it looks so good and it's so scary and so shocking like you know it's gonna happen but you're just like oh shit and they also do this so ely ends up kind of coming over she and oscar kind of she's like hey i'm not a girl would you still like me if i wasn't a girl and he's like of course and they kind of bond even though they don't do a blood pact and she and he are bonding and oh so but she basically tells him now that he's seen her bloodlust like hey yeah i'm a vampire like basically implied i think they only see say vampire once in this whole movie which thank god there's yeah worse than when they just keep saying vampire so what he does he um he basically calls her out on the shit he's like are you a vampire and she goes she doesn't say yes to be a vampire but she goes i i have to have blood in order to survive yes (laughs) 
Yeah. Also, the line that I think Stephanie Meyer stole was at some point, he's like, how long have you been 12? And she's like, I've been 12 for a very long time. I was like, oh my god, Twilight stole that. Fuck you, Twilight. Um, Even though the book, I don't know if Stephanie Meyer read it. It might have just been a coincidence. Um, But so, you know, he knows she's a vampire. They have the weird scene where he sees her changing and oh now i've lost my train of thought because oh the scene with the letting letting her in too oh the letting that's it so there's a scene where he won't actually say the words come in because he's like i don't want you what happens if you don't like get invited in and i'm like are they gonna are they gonna do this because in um in true blood if you come in and you're not invited in there's not really much of a consequence like like i think there's like a loud ringing noise and your body compel like you get flown out of the room, which I guess is annoying, but not really painful. Yeah. Um, which is why like, uh, you could probably just do that if you wanted to. Um, but she starts like basically disintegrating into blood. Like she starts bleeding out of her eyes and like just blood starts pooling everywhere, which is why she has to change because she can't just be walking around in bloody clothes. He's like, Oh my god, oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Come on in, come in, come in, I'm so sorry. So, which was, I think it was a nice, like, moment, like, for him to understand, like, oh, shit, this is real, and she's not joking around, and okay, but he still cares about her, and he feels bad, and it kind of brings them on a more even level, I guess. Yeah, and he literally, um, that's the whole scene where she's also, so she kind of is hovering over him, and she has that talk with him where she's like, like you kind of alluded to earlier, she was like, I kill because I have to, you you want to kill. And she's like, be me for a moment. And I love the way this is filmed, because she's telling, she's leaning over Oscar in almost a suggestive, seductive way. Once again, there's no nudity, they aren't like dry humping each other, there's no kissing, <laughs> but... She's leaning over him, his eyes are closed, and there's like a very dreamy quality, and it cuts to her face, it cuts to Oscar's face, and then when it cuts to her face again, it's a completely different person. And it, what it, yeah, and I'm about to send you this picture, because I had to screenshot it, because I was like, that's not the same fucking person. And what it is, is that we, a lot of people say, a lot of people who like to analyze this movie say that this is very manipulative of, uh, Illy because it's showing her face her true self when Oscar's eyes are closed um but she does uh she says be me again she's like be me and then she disappears um and so I think okay, at this point can I say for a second yeah I thought when she disappeared maybe they had switched bodies or something and I was like can they do that yeah and then right. she comes out of the shower and I was like or not never mind and I was like is this gonna be a body swapping movie now is it gonna turn to freaky Friday Yes, it's you're just like, what is going on? But I love this because this shot, and I'm sending you the shot, because uh, it's literally like both of these like split-second frames happen within like maybe 10 seconds of each other. So like okay. the first frame, she's like saying, be me. Um, then it shows Oscar's face. And then the second frame, she's saying, be me again. It shows Oscar's face again. And then it goes back to that first frame, the actual actress that plays Lily. Oh, yeah, that's a different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's literally in the same scene. So when I was looking up old Illy, I think that's what they were referring to in the credits as Aldred Illy is that actress. Ah, Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's very subliminal. 
um, the way they do it, it's like when you're watching it, you're probably not really processing it. You're so in the moment. But then going back, it's kind of like when we were talking about It Follows. And it wasn't until like the third time I watched it, I was like, oh my god, that's his fucking mom that we see at the beginning of the movie, initially following Jay. Or that's the kid next door that we see on the beach. Yeah. Like all these great little details that you are so busy watching that movie the first time that it's not until the second time you're like, oh shit, I didn't catch that. Good directors, man. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Visual storytelling. At I point. thrive on that shit. Like, awesome. <laughs> I know, I love being able to go back in a movie and rewatch stuff, which I think this movie does have a lot of rewatchability. Although I will say, I feel like I could get burnt out on this movie pretty easily because mm-hmm. I did fast forward the second time through some key parts that I just went to rewatch. Because mm-hmm. um, it is a bit of a slow burn, but I think this would be a fun movie to like share with somebody and be like, ooh, have you seen Let the Right One In? Let's watch it. I it's think really this would, atmospheric. I think this would be like a masterclass in filmmaking. Like if we were talking about like cinematic studies, I was like, this would be a really cool yeah. movie. I'm surprised it didn't. I don't think it got nominated for an Academy Award even for best foreign film, and I'm surprised because it is such a very well done movie. And mm-hmm. child actors being good and being your leads—that's amazing. Like they're so solid in the performances. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. So they they kind of have an understanding, and then. Jackin, no, Lackey, I'm sorry, I'm getting everybody's name, Jackin, who's Jackin Hagar? <laughs> Jackin Hagar. Jackin Hagar. Yeah, we're talking about Game of Thrones too much. Uh, a man is nobody. A man has no name. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. A girl is nobody. A man has no name. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> been, I was, you know. Shame! Been, Shame, shame, shame. No, Game of Thrones, the last two seasons traumatized me, and I've forgotten all the good seasons. Sorry. Yeah, we forgave uh, you. It did all uh, of us. I've just been harping on all the bad points the last two seasons and not, like, being like, you know, Tyrion's arc in season four is just perfection. So, right, it is season four. Yeah, yeah. yeah the season, season four Tyrion arc. Oh, that courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. That monologue. Uh, it's so good. Thank you, Peter Dinklage. I love you so much. <laughs> I love that man. Anyways, okay, so, so, uh, Lackey is like, oh, I know who is responsible for my girlfriend, you know, her self-immolation. Like, she did it on purpose. But he's just distraught, and he goes to Ely's house, and Ely is, like, so Oscar goes over there, and she has a note that says, hey, I'm in the bathtub, please don't come in. And because obviously she's trying not to see the sunlight, she's sleeping, and he's like, "Okay." And uh, Lackey um, breaks in, and Oscar's hiding, thank God. And he comes in to try to kill Ely, and um, he almost does. And then Oscar comes in. Oscar's going to stab him, but instead Ely wakes up and she kills him herself. Um, and then they have. They, she's kind of like thank you like they're kind of like oh great awesome thanks and then she kisses him but then she realizes she has to leave yeah because the neighbors hear the commotion and stuff because you can hear beating on the walls yeah so yeah. she gets him to leave and she gets out I and mean, she, she's also revealed to oscar that she has a ton of money and priceless artifacts that she's collected over the years so, you know, she's like, yeah, I have enough, like, gold to buy a nuclear power plant. So, uh, this was the 80s, so that was a rarity, y'all. Um, so she's like, yeah, so I'm pretty much rich, so I can give you money. It's all good. We can be good forever. But she leaves, and then he, then there's the weird scene where he goes to see his dad, and there's a man who's his drinking buddy, or maybe more. Again, 
never never confirmed or denied but i was good i'm glad you got the vibe too because i was like am i it's like if you ever like are around somebody and you just know like two people have you know are feeling each other or have had sex and you're just like something's going on yeah something so i feel a disturbance in the force like you're just like something's happening but no one's telling me like that's how i felt about that scene i was like oh what is going on um, which is fine. I don't think there's... A, I guess maybe because it was 2008, maybe they were afraid to... I don't know. It was 2008. When did Will and Grace come out? I don't think anyone was that uh, like upset with gay people at this point. No, okay. but it does take place in the 80s, and it is largely oh, told for Oscar size. You are right. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, it was 2008. They were probably a little progressive. Yeah. Maybe not as progressive as now, but a little progressive. That was when Barack Obama was nom- was elected president, president right yeah so i mean well, <laughs> we at least got over that hump goodness anyways so i don't know maybe sweden's behind us but i always thought they were a little i feel like sweden's a little more progressive i could be wrong i really haven't looked into swedish politics please let us know if you're swedish although i don't think we have like a couple austrian people that listen to us like um which i don't know if they're actually austrian or if they're just listening from austria I don't think anyone from Sweden, unfortunately. But um, maybe they will with this episode, because it's a good movie, y'all. Um, so he's just really depressed, because Ely's going to go. And then we have the pool scene. Which I'm going to let you talk about, because this is intense. Although I think the the Virginia um, suicide scene was honestly more shocking to me. Even though I the pool scene, I was like, oh god. Yeah, so um, basically, um, and I thought, okay, so I thought this was interesting. So actually reading about the author, too, uh, you probably, you've probably read the same thing. So his father actually drowned. Um, the author who wrote Let oh. the Right One In, his father drowned. So um, I never heard him say that. Yes. Weird. So oh, he, sad. Yeah, so um, usually water or the ocean are, like, very sinister things. There's usually sinister things happening around the water water ocean so what like now like reading about that and then watching this scene i'm like oh yeah jesus christ um so oscar during the duration of the movie he he goes about the healthy way i think of like trying to get some of that trauma out of the bullying he starts lifting weights he starts Mm -hmm. trying to get healthy um so he he's swimming uh and basically so connie has like an older brother who's even more sadistic than he is um and they jimmy yeah so jimmy yeah jimmy and connie and um there's andreas and martin they basically start a dumpster fire to get the uh the teacher out of the pool area and then they tell all the kids to basically get out of the pool so oscar is left by himself with these bullies as well as his bully's older brother and he's like hey for what you did to connie's ear uh we're gonna do an I make a deal with you. He's like, if you can keep your head underwater for three minutes, I'll just nick your face. But if you can't, I'm going to take your other eye out. And Oscar's like, that's impossible. And he's like, well, you have no other choice. And so he dunks him Which, underwater. To me, why would you... Then he swims toward him so he can dunk him underwater. I would have swum to the middle of the pool. And look, I mean, I swam a lot. So maybe pools don't scare me. Like, like I feel like somebody who maybe isn't a strong swimmer maybe they wouldn't have thought of this but i would have like fucking swam to the other end of the pool and made them come after me but you know i think he's scarier this way i think he's also just like with oscar's character he's so terrified 
And, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I mean, we know as the audience, Illy mentioned, she was like, you know, you hit as hard as you can, and I'll always be there for you. Like, I'll always back you up. But it's like, Illy's gone at this point, and he's by himself in this very scary situation. And I think he takes the survival instinct that all he can do is pray that he can hold his breath for three minutes. And so they dunk him under the water. And it's such an unsettling scene because, like, they're watching the clock. Even Connie, like, tries to get Jimmy to stop. And um, he's like, no. And so Andreas, um, who's always been kind of the reluctant bully, he goes and sits off on the side and puts his head in his hands. Um, So we go from Oscar's point of view under the water. And you hear, because it's under the water, but you can just hear a sound, like maybe a door slam a whoosh and you just see like feet being dragged across yes. the water and then the a sound head. design is so good oh my god it's so yeah. good like it's so chilling i think this is like the scene that one of the scenes that put this movie on everyone's radar when yeah. it came out but yeah i loved it you see the head yeah. go in the water uh then you see some hands uh go in the water and there's blood but then oscar is gently lifted out of the water and he, um, it's a close-up of Oscar's face and then a close-up of Illy's face. And there's just this radiant smile that just no, breaks out on Oscar's face. But then you get a wide shot of the carnage of the awful. pool room. Yeah, the only yeah. one alive is Andreas. And you yeah. can hear his sobbing, like, echo. Although I felt kind of bad for Martin because yeah. Martin seemed pretty reluctant, too. yeah. I think in the book she only kills two of them. I think she does only kill Jimmy and Con- Connie in the book. So I was, although no, Martin wasn't beheaded. He was just so maybe he will survive. I don't know, maybe not, but maybe yeah. maybe she left him to die. But I, I'm pretty sure she killed three of them. And then like we have, I feel okay. I have it's very bittersweet the ending because like I feel bad for his mom, Oscar's mom, because yeah. she does care about her son. But he basically decides to run away with Ely, and he you see him riding a train. And in the beginning of the movie, they were doing Morse code, um, like because they their bedroom walls were a shared wall, so they were um, tapping Morse code to each other, like sweet dreams, which was really cute. Um, and so you see Oscar by himself on the train with a very large trunk, and. Um, he just starts putting, um, I think he spells out the word kiss in Swedish, which I think is puss, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, puss, 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 puss. Um, he starts spelling out kiss on the box in Morse code. So obviously Ely's in the trunk. And that's the end of the movie. But then a lot of people thought, I guess a lot of people were, um, commenting that oh so Ely's just going to use Oscar like she or he used um Hacken mm-hmm. and so the author was like hell no I gave y'all a happy ending I'm going to write an epilogue so y'all know so he writes this epilogue called let the let the old dreams die and in let the old dreams die it's told by the point of view from the point of view of a ticket taker a train worker and he sees them on the train initially, and they exchange blood. So she doesn't actually, like, kill him like she had to kill Virginia. Like, they do the blood pact. And so he's forever young, too. So, But it doesn't say, again, I haven't gotten to read it yet because I couldn't find it. But um, it doesn't say that he's necessarily a vampire. But I guess if you exchange blood with a vampire, you're forever 
the age you're stuck in. So now they're both stuck in this beautiful, happy, prepubescent, just just cute romance, just adorable romance. No, no nasty sex, y'all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like you know, it's just like this sweet, like the sweetest part of romance and friendship and companionship. And I guess like it circles back like 80 years later, and the same train person like sees them, but they're the same age, and he's like, "What the fuck?" So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so like it is supposed to be happy ending. It's not supposed to be depressing. She's not using him. It's sweet. So don't read anything into it because the author has spoken, y'all. Like, come on. So I I like that. I like that there's a happy ending in this very dark tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And uh, the book was published in 2004. Mm-hmm. Twilight was then published in 2005. Ugh. Um, so this was right when everybody was rolling into vampires. Yeah. True Blood was coming out. True Blood came out probably when this movie came out, which was like 2008. Because I feel like it came out when we were in college. It did. And the reason I remember is because when I went to San Diego Comic Con in 2010, I know for sure they were promoting like the second season of True Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Which True Blood, uh, I did actually finish True Blood because it was one of those shows, like, like I haven't finished Dexter because I have heard a lot of really bad things about how it ends, um, but I love Dexter. Love True Blood, even though True Blood is a lot stupider than Dexter. <laughs> it's not, it's not like a smart show, but it's an interesting show and the characters are fun. And so, like, I, I like True Blood. Um, so I guess... Are we at ratings, final thoughts? We are at ratings and final thoughts. Um, oh. Sorry, Tyrion got his claw stuck on the chair. There we go. I got him oh. loose. No, oh. he's okay. He's okay. It happens when you're a kitty so cat child. mom. You just got to have to get them loose. Um, so, yeah, um, I would give, me personally, um, I would give this movie the ever-elusive for me 9 out of 10. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a perfect perfect movie but i feel like it's pretty damn close um it takes off all my boxes this is like one of the ones that like i feel like if you are a film lover you have to talk about this movie i love the approach they did i love the tricks they did with the cameras i love um that the director was so different in his approach to making this movie um i just thought it was fascinating there was so many it was so lovingly crafted um and i think i can really really appreciate that um, yeah, I did, uh, say, uh, I, I actually rated this movie. This was a, this was a hard one. I had a very tough time finding alliteration, uh, with this movie. So I actually rated it W for when Oscar met Illy. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like this movie a lot. I don't think I'm as passionate about it as you are. So I'd give it like a good 7.58 out of 10. Okay. I'd say 7.5. Close to an 8 than a 7, definitely. Because I really like all the cinematography and the production and the acting. But I will say, I did fast forward through a lot of it the second time. So, which I did with The Wailing too. Even though I liked The Wailing, it's just a little too long for me. I think it's maybe a little too, like, atmospheric for me. Maybe maybe at a different time in my life, I might like it more. But, like, sometimes I just don't feel like listening to depressing things, I guess, or watching depressing things. And it's a little it's a little too, like, in the sad, like, the um, seasonal depression for me. <laughs> maybe if I watched it in the summer, I'd feel different. But I really like it. I think it's really good. I think it's really well made. I highly recommend it. 
And there's not a lot of stuff that's, like, overtly sexual or violent. A lot of things are, except for the weird pubic scene, which, again, is a mannequin, is not a real person. Yeah. Um, definitely not a real child. Um, other than that, nothing's really overtly sexual, and the violence is in shadow, except for the Virginia scene. So I think most people could enjoy this movie um, pretty well. And there's not a lot of like language like other than the bullies saying really mean things because you know it was the 80s and they're bullies um there's not a ton of language either so you know i think it's a movie that most people can enjoy and i think you should watch it um i had two but i don't love them (laughs) um rated s for snow and serial killers because hacken is definitely a serial killer definitely um and rated b for bullies blood and baby vampires Oh, I kind of like B just a little bit better. I do too. I like yeah. that one better. Um, so I guess then I have to choose a movie. You do. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So it is my week to pick, and so this is gonna be our last episode, unless we might film a bonus episode, maybe. Maybe. Um, but this is probably gonna be our last episode. Um for a while so um for until until 2021 yeah you know but since it's the christmas season um we are gonna do a christmasy one and um brit has agreed to do another double feature Woo! yay our third one Woo! <laughs> but but we're gonna do i hope i don't think it'll be super epically long but because we're going to do a christmas horror movie classic probably the original christmas horror movie I would think I just said Christmas horror movie, but I meant horror movie. Horror. Um, The Christmas horror movie, Black Christmas, which is about a sorority house getting attacked by a serial killer during the Christmas season. And it's um, a classic 70s slasher film. And it is now streaming on Shudder. However, they remade it last year. And I'm pretty sure it's a, a... What's its face? Um, Blumhouse. I think it's a Blumhouse. Oh, wow. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it might be one of their, like, cheaper, you know, entries. Because Blumhouse does do quality work sometimes, but also they just kind of pump out some movies that are just kind of terrible. Just cheapest, but, you know, and then they make money because people go see them. They have a very good business. Oh. um, Ethic. Katie, I'm just going to throw this out. So Black Christmas actually had two remakes. The, yeah, I did know there was another remake, but we're doing I didn't the 2019, see the other one. 2019. Okay, yeah. So the remake stars Imogen Poots, which has she is actually a really good actress. Isn't she um, in Green oh. Room? Yeah, she's in Green okay. Room, and she also was in that Vivarium movie, which I haven't seen yet because Jesse Eisenberg annoys me. But maybe I'll see it eventually. Um, Carrie Elwes is in it, aka oh. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh wow isn't it and i think he plays the bad guy so um so we're gonna watch the real black christmas and give a great analysis on it but it's not it's one of those movies it's a 70s slasher movie so it's kind of like halloween like there's stuff there but you can only analyze it so much so i think it'll be fun to compare and contrast more than analyze it kind of like this movie was kind of fun to compare and contrast the book versus the movie um so now if we can only find that book on audiobook I really want to listen to it this week, and they didn't have it on Audible. I'm just kind of pissed. 
Um, anyways, so we're going to watch Black Christmas, and then we'll probably be gone for a couple weeks. Um, unfortunately, my job gets very busy at the end of the year, and I just don't think I'm going to have time to do it. Plus, you know, honestly, my brain's a little burnt out from editing every week. It's been eight months? Yeah. Eight months? Yeah. We, we, we could have had a whole baby at this point. That's true. Um, so. Great House is like our baby, and especially it's your like baby. A, it's what we've been gestating. No, it's it's a it's a co-parenting situation, Prince. Yes. I would not be able to do it without but you. But you're so kind of like caring. I'm like the dad. Like, I support you, but like you're you, but you're I carrying. But I your hand really hard when something goes bad. Yeah, you're like so. doing the editing and the late night cravings and that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> I may never have my own children, but I do have a podcast. Uh, it's okay. No. Um, <laughs> I have the fur variety, I, so, and the podcast, right. so. <laughs> I do want I do want real children, but well, I have to have a man who will stick around first, really. Um, so, yeah, so we'll probably take a bit of a break. Unless we, our friend Jonathan that we filmed a really great episode with that got deleted does want to refilm it. So, if we have time over that period, we might 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 it's a big might release one um but we'll try to i mean we'll try to like maybe share some other spoopy movies you can watch probably there's not a lot of christmas horror movies there are um we could probably do uh, what is it oh shit what is there is one silent night deadly oh yeah i forgot about that one there's there's like five of them so we could we could even do Silent Night, Deadly Night eventually. But I think Black Christmas is cool. We kind of went to do Krampus because it's Tony Collette and we started with the Tony Collette movie. But alas, it's not streaming anywhere. And we're not going to do that to you guys for the last, you know, thing. So uh, for the last episode of the year. So um, we shall see you next time. Yes. We'll see you next time. Um, as always, we, we appreciate you. Thank you for the new followers we have. We officially hit 102, I believe, this yes! week. So, yeah, it's really exciting. It's exciting. Yes. There's 102 people that follow us, and people have been really vocal about liking stuff and tagging us, and y'all are great, and we love you guys. And as long as, like, five people are listening, you know, we'll still do the podcast as long as we're not bored with it. So, which I don't think... I. I think taking a break is good because I don't want to get bored with it. I'm yeah. taking the Jenna Marbles approach to like two weeks at the end of the year, just taking that time off and then I will be back to see you later. So Yeah, and it kind of um, gets the creative juices flowing too. see what we can come up for you guys uh, yes. within two weeks. So hopefully have a lot of time to rewatch some movies because I know like I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I need some more inspiration. Like there's some movies that we like. Um, it's kind of fun to watch a movie and then go back to it to review it and rewatch it. Because, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the spirit is in there. Like, you've been wanting to do this movie for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this movie and these movies. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be very disappointed by the 2019 Black Christmas. But if I... I mean, I haven't seen the original Black Christmas since probably in eight years. So... I'm going to be very, very excited to see if I still like it. Because I remember thinking it was really good. Um, and it, it's got a lot of, like... It's got some mind games in it, which I enjoyed. Like, it's not very straightforward. Which... But not in an... Not in an overly confusing way. In, like, a rationally confusing way. Like, 
Um, so again, so 2019 is streaming on HBO. It is a Blumhouse feature, so there's we don't know how good or bad it's going to be. And um, also, the original is streaming on Shutter. And so, uh, thank you guys for listening and subscribing. Please share and comment and subscribe if you like what you hear. Um, leave us some movies you want us to um, review. And um, be kind to another. And COVID, you know, we were recording this a couple weeks in advance, but COVID's getting worse. So make sure you wear your mask, take your vitamins, get your flu shot. Yes. You know, and when the COVID vaccine comes out, please, please, everybody get your COVID vaccine because herd immunity is the only way these things really work. Um, so please, please just take care of yourselves. And, you know, personally, my birthday's in December, right around Christmas. And uh, I would love to have a giant blowout. I just bought a new house. I want to invite everyone I know. But personally, I'm probably going to have about six people at my house and we're all going to be pretty far away from each other (laughs) luckily i've got a lot of space now so you know two people in the kitchen two people in the dining room two people in the living room it's an open concept house so it'll be fine but um (laughs) you know try to limit your holiday stuff i know it's 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 painful i love the holidays and i'm sad that covid is keeping us from one another but don't let covid win don't you know I heard that I think Zoom is actually lifting its 40-minute limit on Thanksgiving Day, and I can imagine they'll probably do it for Christmas, too, if people really are in it. So, you know, Zoom your relatives that are out of town, and you know what? If you have an elderly relative, set grandma at her own table and just be like, we love you, just six feet away. I know I've been very careful about hugging my grandma personally. I've been like, side hug, grandma. I'm going to breathe this way. And, you know, take your temperature. And if you start feeling like crap, then go to the doctor or tell a doc or something. Like, you know, don't don't be risky. I'm sorry. That was on my soapbox. But I just... No. It's getting worse. And I just want people to be alive. No. And safe. Katie Katie knows um, right before uh, I hopped on, we I was talking to a very good friend who I had expressed a lot of disappointment over he was looking very 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 much forward to spending thanksgiving with his in-laws and um he wasn't able to this year um because the state he lives in has some pretty strict bans um his in-laws want to follow them and he i think he understands but i think there's a lot of we all have a lot of frustration in that you know it's like we keep waiting for life to return to normal and we keep Things aren't returning to normal, and now we're at the point we don't really know when things are going to return to normal. Um, but I want you all to hang in there. I want you to stay strong. I know that's easier said than done. Um, but when you are staying safe, you, you're not just staying safe for yourself. You're staying safe for people who need you to be safe. Um, so I'm very sorry. But we're going to get through this. We're all going to get through this together. Uh, because after af- this together. <laughs> yes. Cause- I'm sorry. Every time someone says that on these COVID commercials, I'm like, did everyone watch High School Musical? I don't. <laughs> You're like, no. Um, well, as, as I like to say, and as a lot of people are now saying, we all know after the plague came the renaissance. Ah, I like that. Classy AF. Yes. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I'm really hoping we don't have to go on lockdown before my birthday, but if we do, it will be okay. And you know what a great holiday pastime is? It's so flipping cold outside. Just watch a bunch of terrible Hallmark movies. Yeah. I don't know. If you guys want, maybe throughout December, kind of like, we kind of half-heartedly did this. We weren't as good as we meant to be. 
but we were kind of sharing some extra Halloween movies. Maybe we'll share some terrible Hallmark movies to watch because those are terrifying. Oh, yeah. I know there's one specific one that Britt, I just found out Britt has seen it. Yes. And I watch it every year and it's bad. Yes. But I love it. It's funny bad. Yes. So maybe we'll share some movies that you guys can distract yourself with. You know, it's bad um, when your mom literally watches it because she's like, you should check out the hot ghost. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> the hot ghost who's supposed to be from the early 1900s, but has like a hipster haircut. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's called the Spirit of Christmas. It's been on Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hallmark for a long time. I discovered it one Christmas birthday, because basically it's the same thing to me. Because I give everyone their Christmas presents on my birthday because it's the last time I'll see him before Christmas. Exactly. So it's fine. You're just like well. I've embraced it. It's fine. I know, I feel like I have to, there's a couple people coming that haven't come to, like, my birthday, or maybe coming. I feel like I have to be like, by the way, I like to cook, so don't feel like I'm slaving on my birthday. And two, uh, I will give you Christmas presents, so <laughs> be prepared. And I don't feel bad about it. You're like, Like, come. don't feel like you can't, like, be Christmassy on my birthday. Like, I mean, I don't want all to be Christmas, but, you know, like... It's everybody's, like, last hurrah before Christmas, usually. Exactly. sees their family. So, anyways, um, we are us December babies, we... Or us poor December babies, we got a lot of... <laughs> we got a lot of, like, trials and tribulations in December, because it's... At least mine's not on Christmas. Yeah. I have some friends who have Christmas birthdays, and I'm like, I'm so very sorry. Um, or I think one of our friends, their birthday falls on Thanksgiving this year. Which yes. Is, sucks i'm so sorry bud yeah um. his birthday usually does fall thanksgiving because i remember one year he goes i said wait well, how are you gonna spend your birthday he goes well i have to make sure i take out the turkey on time this year <laughs> <laughs> i was like Aww. oh well that's a very important task to be given to you so I know. I mean, but when your birthday is around a holiday, you, there are two people, and one of these people are in my family, and one of and one of them is me, and one of them embraces the holiday spirit. It's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to give everybody presents. I'm just going to make it part of my festivities. That's the smart way to do it. Then there's other people who are just bitter and loathing about it, and I have someone in my family who just gets real bitter about the fact that their birthday is around a holiday, and I'm just like, I mean... We could just celebrate it on another day, and they're like, no, it's my day. And you're like, okay, you have to work with society a little bit. And honestly, the person was like 10 days late after their due date. So it's really not anyone else's fault but themselves. I'm just saying, you know, don't be 10 days late after your due date. Nobody plans for their baby to be born on Christmas Day unless you're, like, evil. Um, But, you know, um, I say embrace it. You just got to go with the punches or just celebrate your birthday early or late anyways so sorry have small parties like or zoom your parties and just watch movies at home with your loved ones it sucks i know i love christmas and i love seeing people but it's just it's just one year you know we've all had a christmas where we were sick or something terrible happened, right? Yeah. So, Mil- that's just this year. Just Military families always tend to spend Christmas and other holidays apart, so. Yeah, so at least you're together. Yeah. In isolation. Yeah. Which is why Krampus would have been a really good it movie would've. to watch. It would have. I'm pissed. It's okay. Next year, we'll do it, and we'll reminisce about, remember last Christmas when we were all quarantined? Exactly. Hey. So, okay, anyways, but 
I guess with that, we do have to let you guys go. Yes. Now I've talked. We've talked for another twenty minutes. Oh my god. Eleven, eleven. Oh, uh, it's okay. Spends time. It's fine. Um, this is our social hours, um, but we love you guys. Thank you for watching. Tune in. And we are just looking forward to seeing you same time next week. Same time, same spoopy channel. Same spoopy time, same spoopy place, corporate. Yes. Um, and what do I say? <laughs> Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye. Night, Katie. Love you guys. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.